He is God all by Himself. And you can't put a plan together and bring it to Him and present your plan and say, God, will you bless this? I can tell you the answer right now. No. Hallelujah to Jesus. That ought to be your prophetic prayer. Lord, take the oil and pour it over me. If there has ever been such a season when we need the anointing of the living God, I believe it is upon us right now. We've got trials and tribulations on every side, and we have shortages and outages at every corner, and nations are rising against nation, and we don't know if we're going to be employed next week or not. Economic times have, have just transgressed. And if there were ever a time when we need the anointing of God, it is now. We need an outpouring now. When families are in derision and children are turning against parents and parents against children and family are being divided. If there were ever a time that we need the oil, it is now. And I hope that is your prayer. That you would seek Him while He is near. While He can be found. You know, we've lived our lives the way that we have chosen. But a season comes under the sun when I must change my life and begin to live it according to the will of God. Why did He make me? Why did He bring me into this season? Why have you allowed these things to happen to me? Those are prophetic questions at this hour. But there is a word from God. There is an answer that is tied up in this word. And the season is right now. The timing is right now. And some of you all sense the things that are beginning to erupt in your life and in your environment. Some of you sense the sort of chaos that's all of a sudden if I go here something is rubbing me and creating friction if I turn here there is friction here God is trying to get his people attention at this hour because it's the hour of turning it's the hour of turning he will allow you to exhaust every possibility of you coming out or your breakthrough or your breakout or those that are close to you who have helped you in the past, He will allow you to exhaust every avenue until there is nothing left but the name. The name that's above every name. The name that, 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 that sound every knee must bow unto and every tongue must confess. And I just come to sound the trumpet to let you know today it's all about the name. It's all about the name. The name of Jesus. The name is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it. Oh, there is power in the name. If some of y'all would, would have been calling the name, some of the things would not have happened. But it's never too late. God never gives up. If you just walk around every now and then and call the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, huh. my God. The Bible says that the Spirit of God is brooding over the earth and that the angels, they are hovering. 
just waiting on a word from the Spirit to be employed, to be called in. If some of y'all were just calling in, He'd work it out. My God, He said, I would never leave you nor forsake you even until the end of time. But the Spirit of God, He's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He is saying, call me in. Call me in. My God, I know you're going through right now and you're trying to work it out. You're calling everybody else. Call me in. My God, call me in. My God, they're just standing on the sideline. And some of y'all have watched the wrestling matches and how the other man on the, uh, on the ring, he is hanging his hand over in saying, tag me, tag me, tag me. I'll come in. I've got new strength. And some of y'all in the ring, you're fighting and you're getting beat up. You're getting knocked down. You're getting drawn all across the ring. And there's somebody on the rope saying, just tag me. Tag me. Jesus has his hand out. If you were tagging him, call him in. He's more than a conqueror. He is more than a conqueror. The Bible says that he is one that was sticking closer than a brother. My God. He's the King of Kings. And he's the Lord of Lords. And I want to remind you of his sovereignty. God is sovereign. He does what he wants. When he wants. How he wants to do it. He is God all by himself. And you can't put a plan together and bring it to him and present your plan and say, God, will you bless this? I can tell you the answer right now. No. God will not endorse what was born of the mind of man or the carnality of man. God will only endorse what was born of God. The scripture says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, even our faith. And it must be born of God. And that's why God let things die. That's why he let us go through persecutions and in tribulations. Because we're still trying to lean to our own understanding. And, you know, the Bible says that this carnal mind, there is enmity between it and God. And, and in the process, if you're not careful, you allow the mind to in, influence the next. And when God is getting ready to do the next, He won't allow you to stir up any of your own into His. Because it is God that is righteous. For we are, the Bible says, that, 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 that we are unclean apart from Him. But in Him are we made righteous. That in Him do we live and move and we have our being. And so many people are on the sideline today and, and, and they're, where is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Where is this God? Where is this son of David, this root of Jesse, this ancient of days that everybody is talking about? Where is this good shepherd? Because they are trying to make it apart from him. And he has nothing to do with it. And he won't participate in it. And so there comes a season when I die. I die. That's why Lazarus had to go into the tomb. There was some mindsets of a Mary and a Martha that had to die. Because Mary and Martha, they had a methodology on how Christ should operate. You see, they, they had a way that they thought the kingdom should run. And so often because of our old religion and what we've heard and where we've 
been, we think there is a way that Jesus ought to operate to make us successful in life. And then we'll stand just like Mary and Martha and say, Christ, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have left. She wouldn't have left. My child wouldn't have cut the food. If you'd have been here, I wouldn't have lost my job. My business would not have dried up. They wouldn't have done it to you. Lord, if you had been here. But his ways are not. <laughs> and so he allows it to die. To die. And then he will walk up just a little bit later because he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. And after it is dead and you've gone thrown your pity party and you're there all alone, here he comes. And he will say, it was good. It was good that I was not there when you died. Because if I'd have been there, I would have had to respond at the calling of your voice. So it was good that I was not there. And so that you could perish in the old. So that you can see a new dimension of God. God wants to bring some things out and bring some things back that you have not seen. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard the things that God has prepared for the people that love Him. Neither have it entered into the heart. There is some ways that he wants to bring you out that your enemy have no concept of, and neither do you. That's why you worry. <laughs> Be seated in his presence. Oh, glory to God. Behold, I will do a new thing. He said it, and he's going to do it. He said it, and he's going to do it. We're talking from the subject of stick to it. Stick to it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're talking from the subject of stick to it. See, this is what the enemy want you to do is to stop the right decision that you have made in your heart. Because most of us, we know exactly what to do. But because we've been in the earth for so long in a carnal environment that we are still trying to lean to natural information. And so I have to uh, transcend from my carnality to the spiritual mindset of God. For he said that the words that I speak, they are spirit. They are spirit, and yet they are truth. They are spirit, but yet they are truth, and they are life to them that hear. They are life. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Acts chapter 20. My God, we're going to shame the devil. My God, we're going to shame. We are God's people. We're the apple of his eye. We're on the heart and mind of God. My God, when you got up this morning, you were all over God's mind. My God, I'm telling you, he had plans for you before you got up. I mean, he said, I know the plans that I have towards you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, Acts chapter, tw uh, chapter 20. We're talking about stick to it. We're continuing in a series. Stick to it. Now, and in verse 21, I'll begin reading. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit into Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save or accept that the Holy Ghost witness in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Verse 22. This is the Apostle Paul. 
He says, I go bound in the spirit into Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me or that shall happen to me. You see, when you make a decision in God to step into your destiny and God begins to lay something on your heart and drop it into your spirit and he is leading you into a different area, down a different path, he don't tell you the whole thing. He only gives you the starting grace of the matter. Because if he told you the entirety of the path or everything that shall happen or who should be involved, you'll become afraid and would not go. Therefore, he will lead you to make a decision into an area, and then you will say, as soon as you start, my God, if I knew it, it took this much. If I knew it would take that long. If I knew I would have this opposition, I would have never started it. You see, but God knew that. That's why he didn't tell you. He just led you into it. Because God knows it is not your wisdom or ability that brings the vision to pass. It is by his spirit that your vision is manifested. Now, Paul says, I go bound in the spirit. I go bound in the spirit. And so Paul says, look, I'm going into my destiny and I'm being led by the spirit of God. God has told me to go here into Jerusalem. You see, Jerusalem is a place of spiritual awakening. It's a place of awakening. That's why Christ said, when you go and preach and testify of the gospel, he said, first Jerusalem and then the uttermost parts of the earth. It starts in Jerusalem. And and so Jerusalem is a place of awakening or beginning. And so Paul went to Jerusalem, but he went bound in the spirit, and yet he was in the dead center will of God. You see, so often we are led or called out to start our race, to begin something new and different, and yet we feel restrained. We feel bound up. You said, look, I'm called into my destiny, but I can't do what I want to do. I can't really go where I really want to go. I can't do where I really want to go, where I really want to go and do what I really want to do, but yet I sense God is with me. And so some of y'all have arrived at your destiny, and yet you're still bound. You see, because Paul was in the dead center will of God as an apostle of Jesus Christ. But yet he went into Jerusalem, the place where he would have the greatest awakening, bound. You see, the reason God takes you into your destiny bound up is part of the test. He has to test you. Because he's bringing you out of an old situation, a old nature, an old mindset, some old habits, but yet he wants to use you because he chose you, and so he brings you out bound. He said, oh, yeah, I'm going to put you on the right path. I'm going to put you in the right place. I'm going to put you back with the right people. I'm going to put you in front of the right resources. But you're not going to be able to use them the way you want to use them. You're not going to be able to go where you really want to go. You're not going to be able to say what you really want to say. Because I'm leading you bound up. Because I'm testing you to see will you have patience in me. And not only that, I'm testing you to make sure your old nature is dead. Because when God leads you into the new, he knows exactly what he's bringing you from. And he knew exactly how you used to cut the food. Oh, when they said that, you knew how you'd go off. And so God says, it's your time, it's your season. You've been praying, you've been asking me to bring you to a higher place. I'm going to bring you, but I remember where you came from. So I'm going to leave you in your new bound up. But yet you've been led by the Spirit. 
You see, you can be in God's will, bound up. And that's why sometimes we get on a, on a job or in a position. You say, God, I know you called me here, but it seems like I have no liberty here. I got here and I, I, I can do less here than I could do there, but you let me here because you're bound up. You see, I'm testing you to make sure you can operate under authority. Yes, I'm putting you back in the relationship to make sure you're not going to do what you did last time. Yeah, you're in the right place, but you bound up. There is more restrictions in the will because he's testing you. The Bible says that he proves all things. Remember, we cannot deceive God, for God is not mocked. He's not mocked. He cannot be played. And so he will lead you out. He will make a path. He will make a way and put you back where you ought to be, but you'll be bound up. See, many of you, you've been in the center, center of the will of God, but you're bound up. But it's only for a season because he's just testing to see if your old nature going to show up. And so he's going to let somebody come by with a little nasty attitude and speak something to you and see where you go back to your old nature of opening up your pocketbook and taking out your Vaseline, taking off your earrings, and, 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 and letting your little tongue run wild. Oh, he's, I'm going to wait on you. You see, I know where you came from, so I'm going to test you because you're representing me. I'm bringing you out this time, and you're representing me. You're telling people that you're in the kingdom now. You're telling people they need to become saved and operate on a higher level of spirituality. Now, you're not going to get out here and tell people you represent me and cut the fool and make my name look bad. So I'm going to try you out. Yeah, I'm going to try you out. I'm sending you. Yeah, you called on me, and I heard you. And I'm bringing you out bound up. And I'm going to let you operate a little while. You want the relationship back together? All right, I'm going to let you operate bound up in a relationship to see will you start doing the same old mess. You'll be bound up for a while before there is liberty. But Paul said this. He says in verse 23, what I want you to hear, he said, save or translate to accept. Accept that the Holy Ghost witness in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Now, see, the Spirit, allowed him to have the information for the things that was coming. Therefore, if I'm not plugged into God, I'm not going to know the things that are going to happen to me or how I should prepare myself. You must understand that God is still speaking to his saints. God is not dead. He is alive. He is alive. He said, call upon me. He never said, stop calling upon me. Seek me while I am near. And so Paul said, accept the spirit witnessed in every city. Now, therefore, Paul went there. And the Spirit bore witness to him and the word to the people. You see, he wants you to go bound up so he can demonstrate how to act. See, the Bible says, and they shall be taught of God. They shall be taught of God. And so God allows you to go bound up so that the Spirit can operate and be your tutor or your teacher. And now if he is operating on the premises, he is nothing but peace, love, and joy, temperance. I'm telling you, he, now he's there, and, 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 and he's speaking through you. When people are cutting the fool and acting up and lying on you, stabbing you in the back, you're no longer cussing and plotting and trying to get even. You're speaking peace to them. You're speaking joy to them because Paul said, except the Holy Ghost witness. He said, except he witnessed, I would have cut up down there, y'all. You see, I, you know, I, I, I probably would have showed out. But he said, except the Spirit witness. And, and, and it goes on to say, in verse 24, but none of these things move me, 
He says, neither count I my life dear unto myself. You see, he died to the old nature right there. He died. There is a spiritual death, a spiritual death that you must experience. And he says that, he says, none of these things move me. Count I myself dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify of the gospel. You see, there is some things in life, some things in life you have to go not knowing, just not knowing. Lord, I don't know what you're going to do next. Lord, I don't know how you're going to bring me out. Lord, I don't know how you're going to fix it. Lord, I don't know, but I trust you. Though you slay me, but yet I trust you. There comes a point in your life you're going to have to trust God. You're not going to always have the answer. Some of y'all are waiting to move, waiting to get, try to get the answer from God. God is not going to tell you everything. Some things you can't handle right now. And so he's not going to tell it to you. And so you're going to have to trust him. That is another level in your faith. You see, all of us have faith in God. That's why we're here. Faith is believing in God. It's believing in God, but not many of us trust him. Lord, I believe you're there. I believe you're God. But before I fall down on my back, I'm going to make sure you're standing back there. Because I don't trust yet. And so there comes a place in your life where you have to move from faith to trust. And when you can trust him, not knowing and not seeing, now you are ready to be used mightily by God. Mightily by God. I have to move from my flesh. Now, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Glory to God. we got to move quickly. We're going somewhere. Romans chapter 8 and in verse 5. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. I'm begin reading. I want you to see something. This is, this is Paul when he writes to the church at Rome. He says this. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnal minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But it lets you know in verse 7. It says, because the carnal mind is enmity or at odds against God, it's not subject to the law and neither can it be. Therefore, until you make the transformation, you cannot employ the scripture. Until you make the transformation, you cannot employ the scripture. And so, therefore, so many people are trying uh, uh, to apply the scripture. They're walking around quoting scripture, which is correct, but they have not transformed themselves to become spiritually minded, and they're not seeing any relief, or it is not helping them at all. He said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so I must renew my mind before I can apply the scripture. It is a process of God, and the enemy have discouraged so many people because we have not been through that process. You see, this God stuff don't work. Yeah, you've been quoting scriptures all these days. Look at you. You worse off this month than you was last month. You might not even go to church. What are you doing singing them songs? Them prayers don't mean nothing. Look at you. But we have not moved from carnality to spirituality. Remember, we are a spiritual being having an earthly experience. The Bible says that we were with 
God from in the beginning. And then God breathed life into us as a spirit and we became man. Remember, we were a spirit first. That's why we must take off the shell and return back to him as a spirit. So you are a spiritual being having an earthly experience. And so if I'm to have success, I must go back to the spiritual side. I must go back to the spiritual side. Therefore, I am not religious. I'm spiritual. I am spiritual. Religion never saved anybody. Spirituality has because it brings me into oneness with Christ. Now I have a relationship with him because Christ is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in. My God, y'all are Bible scholars. And so now I must make the transformation. I hate to see so many people trying to attribute failure to the scripture because they have not been transformed yet. They're still operating on old mentality and trying to use spiritual scriptures to make it happen. Spiritual scriptures will not work with an old mentality. They only work when you have been transformed. Now I'm thinking like God and I'm seeing like God. I have faith like God and I'm believing like God. And so now when I apply the scripture, when I appropriate them, they work. They work. I'm not going to let the enemy talk you out of the good, the good news. Talk you out of the good news. And, and, and so now that we understand that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. They cannot please God. God. They cannot. Somebody say cannot. My God, y'all got that clear. That I have to come up higher and become more spiritual. Remember the flesh, scripture says, does not get saved. The flesh never gets saved. I want you to understand that. This carnality, it will always like to get touched. It'll like to drink. It'll like to smoke. It'll like to cuss. It'll like to lie. It'll like all types of sex. It'll like if the flesh don't get saved. And so that's why the scripture says, don't try to save your flesh. It says, save your spirit. They that destroy the spirit, kill it, not the flesh. And so the flesh is sensual. And so what I do is I increase my spirituality to the extent that it has dominion over my flesh. I know enough about Jesus now that when the flesh desires these worldly things or these things that are ungodly, my spirit man rise up. That's not good for you. Put that down. What are you doing trying to go back down there? You know better than that. And you listen. Because your spiritual man now is stronger than the flesh. The flesh never shut up. My God. It, it, and, and some of y'all think you're not saved because it won't be quiet. Oh, you saved, but this flesh won't shut up. It'll keep, it'll keep crying for things that once pleased it. You see, you're not fighting an enemy. You're fighting a memory. You see, the flesh memorizes where it's been. It remembers what made it feel good at one time. It remembered the time that it had the best food, and it remembered when it was with the best partner. It, it, you, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, it, oh, oh y- y'all ain't been saved all y'all life now. Uh, uh, let, let, let me talk to a few of y'all. There's it's some grown folks in here. If I had to break it down, I'd go ahead and break it down a little further. But That's why you can be minding your own business, trying to do right, sitting around, and all of a sudden, here come this old memory. I sure remember when I was back there with them. Mm, that was all right, you know. And, and, and so the, the enemy makes you forget all the pain, tribulation, and hardship that that costs you. The enemy only allows you to remember the good part of it. And then you go back there and try to try it again. So now I remember why I left. Mm-hmm. You see, it, see the enemy, he, he's a trickster. There's a reason you left that good feeling. There's a reason. 
you know, you, you didn't just leave something that was, you, that was good for nothing. You left because there was something so negative that you could not stand it, that you were willing to give up that little bit of good because the negativity of it was so bad. But the enemy comes to you while you are quiet and while you are idle in mindset trying to bring it all back to you. Mm-hmm. But, you see, this flesh, it don't get saved. You're fighting that old nature of the flesh. And that's why we renew our mind by the washing with the word. I have to have more word in me than I got flesh. If not, my flesh is going to rule me. That's why I tell you every day when you put your feet on the floor, when you get up out of your bed, it's like two bulldogs inside your chest just looking at each other. And these two bulldogs are in your body just growling. Every day they're growling at each other. And they're ready to go to fight before you even get out your door. And the one that will win is the one that you feed the most. So if I'm feeding the spiritual one, he will keep down the flesh one. But if I'm feeding the flesh one, he will keep down the spiritual one. And so if I'm looking at carnality stuff all the time that appeal to my flesh, this flesh man is going to be stronger than my spiritual man. But if I'm exposing my spiritual man to prayer and to the word and to singing of songs, he can hold down this old flesh man when he rise up. That's why the apostle Paul said, it's a war going on inside of me that when I would do good evil was present and the good that I would do I do not and my y'all know the rest mm-hmm. there is a war going on in you wake up and know you got a battle the enemy is defeated but he's not dead he's defeated but he's not dead some days y'all just pat yourself on the back I won today Every day I have a good day. I pat myself on the back. I said, yep, I had a water day. This thing was coming up against me. They were trying to lead me back this way. They were tempting me with this. But at the end of the day, I said, Lord, I thank you that you kept me today. I won today. Throw a party every time you win. Every time the old flesh and the old nature come back to you and you're able to resist it and you stay in your faith and you're able to keep the spirit. At the end of the day, put on some music and throw a party. My God, I fought the good fight, and I won today. Thank you. Woo. I, I was tempted, Lord. I almost, I, 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 I almost, but Lord, I kept my peace, and I kept walking in joy. I did not let my tongue slip. Yep, they called me on the phone asking me to come back over there late at night, but Lord, I thought about it, but I went to the door, and I stayed at home. Lord, I thank you. Every day that you win, said thank you. Thor party, encourage yourself in the Lord because you're in a battle. You're in a battle. The enemy is defeated, but he's not dead. My God, my God. My, I let the enemy know I win sometimes. You ain't beat me up every day. I win. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But when you're in transition and you're trying to stick to what God has begun in your life, and you feel like you're bound up. You reach a point where Paul spoke to a Timothy. Turn there to 2 Timothy. Glory to God. 2 Timothy. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is the time. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Hallelujah to Jesus. My, my, my. Remember this principle. Hearing is active, but listening is passive. Hearing is active. But listening is passive. You see, if a sound is going out, you don't have to be paying attention. You can just be listening. You might remember a few things. You were listening because you can listen passively. But to be able to hear, I must actively be engaged. 
I must actively be engaged in what you're saying. So when I'm talking to people, you have my whole attention. I am actively engaged in the words that are coming out of your mouth so that I can respond properly. I don't like talking to people while I'm talking. They're doing something else. I hear you. No, you don't hear me. You are listening. And so I'll shut up. Because you don't receive the next level of instruction until you are actively listening. I get in posture. I set myself so that I can hear from you. I'm letting you know. You got my whole attention. And when the words come in, I'm internalizing them. And I'll be able to give it back to you. I am actively listening. You see, more fights start because people passively listen. They're not actively hearing. The the, the Bible says, hear. Hear the word, them that hear, them that hear. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, and the apostle Paul talks and he speaks this. He says, wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hand. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Now, goes on verse 9. Who have saved us, called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world begun. Now, the reason that I came this path, because I believe you're ready to hear now. I'm, some of y'all life will change today dramatically. Not just a little bit, but dramatically. Dramatically. Now, when you're in transition, and God, you know you've gotten the word, and you know the direction which God is leading you, you're ready to stick to it now. My mind is set. You're not going to talk me out of this. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be a start and stop individual. I'm going to be consistent, persistent, and, 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 and I'm going to run the race to see what the end is going to be. Now, what the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, he says, I put you in remembrance that thou stir up the gift. You see, you cannot walk in the newness of life until you have stirred up your gift. Some of y'all are trying to run to your destiny, and yet you have not exposed your gift. Your gift is a weapon that is necessary for spiritual warfare. Your gift is a weapon that is necessary for spiritual warfare as you pursue your purpose in God. And so Paul says, look, you stir it up. You stir it up. It didn't say call anybody else. It said you stir it up. It says you get in your own prayer closet. You spend some time with me, and you determine what you do best based on what I have exposed in you, based on the giftings and opportunity that I have put before you. You stir it up. Don't worry about what other people think about your gifting. Stir it up. And if they don't appreciate it, you're around the wrong people anyhow. God gave you a gift, and it is valuable. You need to operate in it and get around the right people who appreciate it so that you will have good success. The anointing is in the gift. And so stir it up. Stir it up. The reason that so many of us won't participate in the gifting that God has given us because we're afraid. That's why the Apostle Paul followed it up with the scripture. He says, look, now you stir this thing up. Look what he says next. For God, in verse 7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power 
and of love and a sound mind. Because he realized that Timothy would not step into his gifting until he got over the fear. So many of you are scared to launch out into what God has placed in your spirit. You are afraid to expose to the world the thing that you do so well. You are so afraid of what people might say or who might not appreciate your gifting. And you are so afraid that you might fail. Get over failure. Every great person I know have experienced some failure. If you fall down, just fall forward. That's all. And don't jump up immediately like you all shamed and embarrassed. You've seen people who fall down in life before. They walk in and all of a sudden they trip. And all of a sudden they act like nobody didn't see them or act like it did not happen. Everybody, I got news, everybody saw you. Get over the pride. You're going to trip up. You're going to fall. Sometimes it's good to lay on down there when you fall and look around while you're down there. Maybe you can pick up something that will be valuable to you so that when you go on, you'll recognize it again when you see it. Listen, get over what people think about you. I'm telling you, some of y'all walking around with some spinach on your teeth, some tissue hanging to your heel. You got your strength tucked in, your slip. Who gives a hoop? My God, run on to your destiny. Get over what people are thinking about you. My God. Listen, some of y'all been in mediocrity too long. Y'all to be to a point now where, look, it don't even matter. It can't get any worse. I might as well step on out. I might as well get over this fear. They've been talking about me anyhow. Well, let them talk about me. Let me really give them something to talk about. My God, step on over into your destiny. It's your time now. That little fear that you're experiencing, God didn't give it to you. It's the enemy that have come and spoke fear to you. Oh, you can't make it. You can't do it. You don't know enough. Your talent is not great enough. Look where you were born. Look who your mama was. Look who your daddy was. Look where you came from. You don't have enough education to do that. That's the devil lying. And he was lying from the beginning, and he is lying now. And so the scripture says, I have not given you the spirit of fear. And then he goes on to tell you what he gave you. He said, look, this is what I gave you. My God. He said, this is what I gave you. I gave you power. I gave you love when nobody else loved you. I gave you a sound mind when you thought you were going to go crazy. This is what I gave you. You hold on to what I gave you and don't receive nothing of the enemy. That fear you have right now of what you might lose or what people might do to you, God didn't give it to you. It came from the enemy. So release it and put it down. My God, put it down. Lay it down. This is why he says stir it up first time. He says stir it up. This is why. This is why he wants you to stir up your gift. Verse 9. It's not about you. You didn't bring yourself into the earth. You're not sovereign. We were in the mind and heart of God before the foundations of the earth. Now, verse 9. It says, who has saved? You see, that's why nobody can save them. That's why the scripture says that, that no man or no woman comes to Christ unless he draws. You see, you can't even come into the kingdom unless he calls you. So don't think you did something great one day when you were at home feeling spiritual. I think I go give myself to Christ. Oh, it was the right step. Thank God that you were listening. Thank God for your obedience. But the Bible says, who has saved us and called us with a holy Calling. So your gift is holy to God, and that's why some of y'all cannot prosper right now. You won't use your gift. The gift is holy. It is holy. A holy calling, not according to our work. You see, he didn't choose you because you were working at a strip club. He didn't choose you because you were running drugs. 
He, he didn't choose you, because, choose you because you were fornicating or in adultery or doing any other illegal or illicit act. That's not why he chose you. It had nothing to do with you. The scripture says, but according to his own purpose. Let me go back and read it again. You've got to get this in your spirit. You have got to get this in your spirit. Look what it says. Um, look, verse 9. Who have saved us, called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. Not based on your sin, your history, your past, what you were involved in, how good you was, where you came from, just because your mom and dad was praying for you and had nothing to do with it. He didn't call you because you were good, because you put away your mess. That's why we don't wait until we get right to come to the kingdom. Thing I didn't do it. Uh, I talk to people all the time. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get this together. When I get myself together, I think I'm going to come to church and give my I'm like, you err, you error in the scripture. It has nothing to do with works. The scripture says we are not saved by works. You are not saved by works. It has nothing to do with works. That's why you're not disqualified. Some of y'all are sitting down all ashamed right now because of where you were last month. You're all ashamed. Because of what you participated in, where you've been, your history, and what other people know about you, you are so afraid to use your gift or your talent in the kingdom because of the image that you think you have in the eyes of other people. But it has nothing to do with your works. The Bible says, but according to his own purpose and grace. It's his grace. Look, he says, what I'm doing has everything to do with the grace. The blood that was shed at Calvary for your redemption that covered all of your sin, all of your history and your past and your past. And so that now that you're in him, now you're righteous. Now that you're in him, the righteousness is of him and not of yourself. He says, which was given us in Christ Jesus when? Before the world begun. See, what God is bringing to pass happened before the world began. So I want to move your mindset over. Some of y'all think that it's your little education and methodology and how, you know, how much you read and who you know has nothing. The Bible says simply be careful that you have your name not blotted out from the, from the Lamb's book of life because you were with him. You see, you were with him before the world begun. You know, you, I don't care if you, if you were pushing drugs last night. You were with him before the world be done, and he didn't call you according to your work, but he called you according to his purpose. Oh, my God. Y'all need, y'all need to catch up with me now. It's all about him. It ain't about you. It ain't about your righteousness and your, and your good being goody two-shoes. Now, I want you to see this principle. God, time is getting away. Listen, catch this principle. Human promotion does not equal divine empowerment. Human promotion does not equal divine empowerment. Some people can get a promotion in the world and be all high and mighty. Well, I manage 100. I'm over the entire department, over this division. I rank. And they come into the kingdom thinking that they're still ranked. So let me say it again. Human promotion has nothing to do with divine empowerment. It's not until I am empowered by the Spirit of God and put in place. You see, we confuse the two. So many people, that, that, that they confuse the two. We render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But we render unto God the God part. And I must grow in the spiritual man. I must grow there. Now, let me give you these principles. We've got to close. My goodness. Let time get away. Hallelujah. You see, your growth 
determine who you are. Your growth. Remember this. Your growth will determine who you are. The level that you increase yourself will reflect on your personal character. Now, the next principle. Who you are determines who you attract. Who you are determines who you attract. It's just like I can give some of y'all five sets of clothes. I can put on one outfit and go stand on the corner, and certain types of people will come and approach me and want to walk with me. Then I can take these clothes off and put on some different clothes, and a whole set of different people will come and approach me. You see? And, and, and then I can put on this type of boot, and a whole different class of people will come and avail themselves and approach me. You see? You know, it, it's amazing how the people in the world with a sinful nature, they catch that principle. They got the principle. It's a kingdom principle, but they got it. You see, you can get a rock star on stage, and he can put on the craziest outfit, towel kind of stuff, his head, paint his body every color under the sun, and he will attract everybody in the audience just like him. He'll feel the same. He'll fill it up. And then I can take somebody on a street or somebody who's a fallen I'll be nice. A fallen lady can be in the red light district. She will know how to press to attract what she wants. It's amazing how we know what put on to call certain people to us. You see, the world got the principle. You don't see prostitutes walking up and down the street in navy three-piece three suits. No. They are there half naked because they realize what they want to. Uh, you see, you attract who you are. You don't attract what you want. You don't attract what you desire. You attract who you are. And some of y'all keep getting the same old type folk all the time. Go stand in the mirror. Every time I turn around, I get that same old tight joker. I'm tired of him. My God, I, I, I look at my clothes and look at my clothes. Look, I'm, I'm dressing totally different. I, I'm changing my hairstyle. I'm changing my makeup. So when I walk out this time, I want somebody to see me completely different. You, I mean, you attract who you are. That's why if you go into a crowd, crowded room of people, and if you can have 100 people in a room, and nobody have known each other, ever seen each other, in about 15 minutes, it will be divided up into cliques. There'll be a little group standing over here. There'll be a little group standing over here. These people have never seen each other a day in their life, but they were drawn to each other based on what they look like. Based on what they look like. So you attract who you are. You attract who you are. Now, the next principle. Who you attract, determine your success. Who you attract, Determine your success. Your success. If you attract a fool, <laughs> oh y'all a scholar. If you are there attracting fools, your life just about gonna be foolish. Everything you do is, is ain't gonna amount to anything. All the money gonna run through your hands like sand. You gonna be in the same condition year in and year out, if not in the same, worse off. Because the principle is your growth determines who you are. If you stop growing, you're gonna stop attracting growing people because. Who you are determine who you attract, and who you attract determine your success. Who you attract determine your success. Who you attract will always determine your success. And so now you've got the principle that God chose you. You didn't choose him. And he said, stir up the gift. Not only stir up the gift, now he says, you stick to it. Stick to it. Don't let anybody talk you out of what God is leading you in. So many of you are so unsure that if any old Joe walk up and say, you will not be doing that. You ought to ask him, what do you know about my destiny? Did you pray to God and did God show you what he want me to do next? Stop 
stop listening to any old body coming telling you about your future and about your destiny. I've heard too many people just listen to any and everything, and the person have not even prayed over you, have not been seeking God about you, and yet you sitting there receiving from them. A life more broken down than yours. My God. Can I give you one more before we close? One more. You are trusting according to your ability and not your potential. Let me say it again. You are trusting according to your ability and not your potential. You are trusted according to your ability and not your potential. Because so many people in life, they want you to judge them based on what they are going to become. They want you to treat them, treat them based on what they are going to become. So many people on their job, they want to be paid according to what they are going to become. But the world will not pay you based on your potential. They pay you based on your ability. Yes, sure you have the potential to become this, but right now your skill level is right here. And so this is all I'm going to entrust to you because this is all you have the ability to handle. And that's all I'm going to trust you with. And the same principle, it translates over into spiritual blessings. And so God will only trust you with spiritual riches based on your ability to be obedient to them. And when you become obedient in the little things that God is sending your way, he will trust you with greater riches that are spiritual. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. It has nothing to do with what you have done. It's have you been obedient of the last thing that I have said to you. The potential develops based on your obedience. Your potential unfolds based on your obedience. And the reason that God has brought this message today it's because some of you, you have actively heard things. Many of y'all have been to church and you sit there, when are you going to finish? I can't wait. But you've heard today. The ears were open today. I, I, I saw it spiritually. And so I had to stay there for a moment and go back to some basic principles in the gospel. Because if you can hear, you can do better. And you can come out. And God has already orchestrated the path out. He already knows the way because he is the way. God is not mad at you. I'm telling you, God loves you. He loves you. You're the apple of his eye. He's been waiting on you. He saved you before the foundation of the earth was ever laid. That's how much he loves you. Stop listening to the enemy telling you how bad you used to be, what you used to do. God saved you before he formed the earth and called you according to his purpose in his grace that he did at Calvary by the shedding of the blood. He gave you grace. He covered you. And so I came today that your joy might be full, that your joy might be full, and that your best is yet to come. And every trick that the enemy has used to come against you, to oppress your mind, to oppress your body, they will not work. Because he said in his word that when the enemy shall come in like a flood, that God will raise up a standard, and that standard is in your spirit. And God has laid a new foundation in your spirit. You're going to win this time. You're going to stay the course. You're going to stick to it. You're going to meet your connector. Your outer image is changing. And you'll begin to attract the things that will make you successful. It's your time. The best is yet to come. Give God praise and honor. This ends message number 3305 by Frank Salters. To send this message, stick to it part 3. 
number 3305, to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and the online word.com. This has been message number 3305. Listen to airjesus.com and the online word.com often and keep your spirit charged up.